huge savings on new and previously leased furnishings. That's right, huge savings. At Court Furniture Clearance Center, choose from our wide variety of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. You'll find sofas from $199.99 and more. Everything in our 9,000 square foot showroom is Court certified, guaranteed, and in stock. Ready for delivery or to take home today. Visit our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. All I need is you, you, you. All I need is you, you. All I need is you, you, you. All I need is you, you, you. You, you for me, no matter how we toss the dice, we had to be, I'm singing now. Good evening. How's everyone doing? Doing great. What's happening Facebook Live? We are back in here. Freethinkers Radio. I'm Ebony Dixon, the baby jumper. And I'm riding solo as far as the crew is concerned tonight. But that's all right. They should be back here next week. We have some special guests. We're doing Domestic Violence Part 2. And here to my right, we have Miss Janet Parker. Hello. News anchor extraordinaire (laughs) for Fox News. Something like that. We have Laria Sample. Welcome. CEO of Faith Builder. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Coaching us entrepreneurs. (laughs) We have Shannon Miss Blue Eyes Soul. Artist, lyricist. Thank you for being in the building along with her friend Alicia Green. I'm sorry. Ashley Green. Green. (laughs) We thank y'all for being here. So um, we're going to keep talking about this domestic violence and um, hopefully shed some light and some solutions. Feel free to think freely. I was just a good kid Hope someday to be a pastor Watch my language Memorize verse and chapter But is that really what you're after? Well, I had my hands full Couldn't take what you were given In my household there Wasn't space for you to live in So what's it take? To be forgiven Freethinkers Radio, and we're doing part two to domestic violence. Um, October is Domestic Violence Month, and this is the last day of October, but unfortunately, domestic violence will still be going on after today. Um, I just want to start with you, Shannon. Uh, We spoke briefly about your testimony, and something you said to me was like, wow, you know, I never thought about it like that, about how you um, were at an event and they said that you were a survivor and you were like, you never thought of yourself as being a survivor or being in a domestic violence relationship. Right. And it's like, how many of us don't feel that way mm-hmm. because of, just share some of your story with us. Well, basically, I mean, I wasn't one that was beat on continuously or, you know, had multiple, um, you know, acts of aggression and things like that. I mean, there were definitely arguments that exceeded what I was used to. But, um, you know, 
my particular situation this was my high school sweetheart you know person that took my virginity you know um the first person who i really like literally fell for um and i do apologize but um uh yeah first person i really fell for and um you know you just get caught up in the in the wave of just that person you and that person and um like i said lots of arguments and but you know you kind of overlook it just mm-hmm. says oh okay this is just how it is and things like that um there was the first situation in which he actually put his hands on me was um that i was ba- actually trying to break up with him and um had let him know that you know the things that we were doing i didn't necessarily feel right in doing and that um i felt like it wasn't you know i tried to do this not me it's you or it's not you it's me thing (laughs) um he basically got upset about that and you know basically pretty much shoved me or mushed me in my face and when he did his nail caught me in my neck and i actually have a scar now on my neck from that and so that was the first situation and then in the second situation um he called me out of my name and i stormed out of the of the room out of the building and he chased after me and because i wouldn't respond to him he um shoved me again and this time i kind of fell into some bushes and things like that and so um but just in those two situations i mean of course my family had the reaction you know that you would have in, in any situation right. you know who is this dude you know we go into the house like all of that <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> but, but right exactly yeah, yeah. Then literally we called my cousins right. and That's like, we do. yeah so <laughs> they was coming but i still never really saw myself even after the situation was over i wouldn't say oh yeah i'm a domestic violence survivor like right. that just was never like my thing right or just I didn't think of it that way um, until the recent event that I had where there were so many you know women there who had been married to men who, who beat them and put their hands on them continuously. And, you know, they invited me to the to the event and I just started to reflect on my own situation. Like, you know what? It may not have been all that other people as much as other people go through, but it was still too much. Right. Like it's still too whatever the, the small amount that it was was still too much because nobody should treat you like that. And it affected you of of, of course. A- absolutely, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. it did. So it affected me, it affected the people around me, you know, um and it was just a it was I mean it was necessary. Um but it was it was wrong. It wasn't right. It wasn't right. And I had to come to that realization. What do you mean it was necessary? Um there was a lot that I learned from that just as far as learning what I don't want, you know, right. what I want, what I don't want, um, you know, the way I want somebody to treat me, the way I want a man to be able to react to ad, you know, to adverse situations. I need you to be able to keep your temper. You know, we right. need to be able to have a conversation Absolutely. without you yelling, right. you know? So, I mean, from all of that, I learned, okay, this is what I want. And when I start seeing those flags, now nah, we good. Right. <laughs> right. We good. So, um, that's why I say it was necessary and me becoming the woman that I am today and being able to speak to other females about about that, you know, that particular situation. Can you talk a little bit about your state of mind? Um, what state of mind were you in to be in a relationship where it was like, I'm not going to say it was cool for him to do that, but it was just like you were like, oh, it, he just I mean, he didn't really do nothing. You know, he. I still love him You know we good Like what kind of State of mind Were you in Well at that point I had pretty much Gotten into a Me and him Against the world Type mindset Uh You know Uh It's me and you You know We in this together Don't nobody understand You know And we It's love And you know Everybody's against us 
Um, but I had to, I, before then, I was in a situation just where I really just wanted somebody. You know, I had always been around friends and different people that had boyfriends. And I saw myself, and it's crazy because looking back, it's like I wasn't even really that bad looking. Right. But just, you know, your mind can play tricks on you. Oh, God. You know? Yeah, mind oh, God, is, yeah. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Yes, oh, it'll yeah. play tricks on you. So you see your friends out doing things, mm-hmm. and it's like, dang, I wish I had somebody. Doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then here comes such and such you know what I'm saying and they're talking good and they're calling you little nicknames and right. saying the stuff you always wanted to the hear cupcake, right exactly <laughs> mine was nugget I was oh, nugget no, right no 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 no, no. <laughs> No, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I mean, but just that, you know, it's like you feed into that, and yeah. then you know, it's real easy to say, "Oh, well, it's just us," and you know, forget everybody else. Yeah. Right. And um, that's pretty much how I got there. We would have these big arguments nobody ever really knew about, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's like you keep it to yourself. It's like this is our relationship. Right. This is just how it is. So, um, just in a in a mindset of just not really knowing not really knowing what i was entitled to so you you kind of fall for anything right Mm. that is Mm. so true yeah and something else you were talking about um as far as like you spoke with your friend recently and she was telling you what it felt like to be the friend Mm. of and watching my friend go through that yeah um you want to talk about that a little bit (laughs) i mean what aspect really um when that, when I saw her, you know, or actually when she would come to me and talk about the arguments, I, I would be kind of confused as to why, you know, these little things would be big, argu- would turn into big arguments. Um, that was one thing. I was always confused as to, you know, no matter how deep the argument went, she still ran back. I couldn't understand. Um, did you ever ask her why did she keep going back? She said it was none of my business a lot of times. (laughs) See, I didn't know I said that. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of times she said it was none of my business or um, she would be like, I know, I know, but still run back to him. Mm. Um, A lot of things she she kept to herself. I remember when we were roommates and she would just stay in the room with Mm. him. And like, even when she knew I didn't like him, Mm. um, she she would keep him locked up in the room and it'll just be like their own little world inside of you know our apartment so yeah it was it was really hard to really deal with him I mean I had a bout with him and I told him what was on my mind at one point um and which I didn't know about yeah (laughs) tell me about that yeah and he still he still acted like as if you know what I said or had or my opinion or my feelings didn't matter so um I know he he just didn't he I don't know. It, it hurt. It hurt to see her in that in that state where she was just kind of in the zone. Um, and I tunnel vision. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, she didn't take in regard of what her family or friends thought about the situation. Yeah, I didn't talk to my mom for like a year. Yeah. Wow. You just she got frustrated, you know, because you. You know, when you try to tell somebody something and it's like, I see it. Why don't you see it? Right, like, right. you know, yeah. and eventually and I can only imagine as my mom, yeah, you know, I'm sure that was tough. For yeah. Her. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I'm going I'm to send them angels on you. Like, so mm-hmm. she just retreated and started to pray. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's that's one of the biggest reasons, if not the reason why I finally did come to my senses. Right. right. Um, it's because she continually continuously prayed for me throughout, right. you know, the situation. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. 
I've never when you said that though I was like I was thinking about some um, fight I had in high school right. with my boyfriend yeah. <laughs> and right. I remember the administrator called me to the office he was like um, do you want to press charge I was like no I don't want to press charge he's like see you young ladies are always oh, wow. doing it. I mean I'm he like, went in on wow. me I'm like why is this man going wow. in on me <laughs> right right and I never but thought about it that's how it can start yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it but I never as thought as about yeah. that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he called me out of my name and all kind of stuff we was fighting in the hallway when I had swung my book bag around I mean we was yeah. you know wow. literally fighting each other and I pulled a knife on him too I remember all this stuff oh, was coming oh, back wow. I wasn't gonna stab him or nothing. I, just, I mean uh, you say that I now just wanted, but, <laughs> you know I just wanted you to know yeah, once right. you yank the knife out it's just a matter of time you just, yeah. Yeah. you're right you're right yeah. because you're if it pushes you to that emotion yeah. right so it's like you well you're like wow I guess I was in a situation too but I still like it still mm-hmm. feels weird for me to even like say that like right. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. also because it's like cultural it, yeah. it's a unfortunately part of the community mm-hmm. so it's just normalized so mm. that you don't realize that what you abnormal right right, right. Mm-hmm. yeah toxic yeah toxic yeah yeah oh man yeah. so as far as flags what kind of flags looking back now did you see Lord Jesus uh, <laughs> One in particular I thought about this Actually Within the past couple of days I remember one time I had um, One of my best friends At the time um, We had a group of friends At our church And we used to do things together It was her birthday I think So we all had A, um, a party at a hotel mm. And um, I had a cell phone At the time And I don't know I just I think I was just Hanging out with my friends So I didn't answer the phone This dude called me Like not like he called me at least 15 times called my cell phone 15 times right and i didn't answer the phone so after i didn't answer the phone he went beyond that to call the hotel and find out which hotel room i was in and call the hotel room they did they came see they should have got locked up too they don't do that now (laughs) for that very reason he called the hotel room got the hotel room and called me to ask me why i wasn't answering my phone Mm. you know so and it's like you think about it and it's like, oh, well, he just really cares. Or, <laughs> or, or no, no, more so than that, yeah. you talk with your girlfriends. Girl, I can't believe he cares. Right, girl, right. he did such and such. But nobody really says, yo, that's a little crazy. That's not right. Yeah, that's, that's a little, a little crazy. crazy. That's yeah. not. Mm, yeah. That's not normal. Right. So like things like that, just being obsessive and just mm-hmm. cl- you know clingy and all mine and what are you doing? Why am I not there with you? Like I always want to know your every move. Right. Exactly every that. Move. Like no no freedom no nothing just me and you but me that's what I wanted too right. so it's like I wanted somebody right. but it wasn't for the same reason right. I just wanted to feel loved you know right. but like that of that obsessiveness um flags for that like that was the that was the earliest one wow wow next we have in the water with guavi guavi for you you i can't get enough
shopping, shopping in the So um, one thing I did want to ask you, Ashley, um, what kind of advice would you give someone who is watching their friend go through something like this? Hmm. I know anything that um, any any red flags that you do see um, or that is just something that's just not normal, that feels awkward or feels a little aggressive, just even the slightest hint. You know, to, to honestly tell a friend, see, ask them what they think about it, like, so that you can get, you know, the other perspective, um, because, you know, what may seem nor- not normal or seem a little, oh, this is cute to you. Mm-hmm. It may be a little weird on the outside um, or somebody who has experience in that area might be able to say, OK, that's not normal. Right. Um, I know I know with Shannon, like um, I. A lot of times I wish she would have not pulled away from what she was, you know, not used to, but, you know, what her mother was always like anybody that draws you away from your friends or secludes you from your friends or your family. Like that, that's, that's a big red flag. Definitely. (laughs) That isolation. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody who encourages you not to, to listen to your mom or your friends, you know, um, and that, you know, they're your knight in shining armor. They, they can, you know, be your everything. Like, you know, that's definitely some where you want to include your family and your friends more heavily. And you, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. If, if he's so good, you know, why y'all hiding in the room? Um, is there looking back? Does there is there anything that you feel like you could have done? Like, do you feel like I should have called the police a couple of times, or do you ever feel like that? Oh man, yeah. Um, I, well, not so much the police. I wish I would have fought something. Mm, right. Like, <laughs> something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like uh, I know. I mean, a lot of times I do. I did react. You know, what I mean, like I did. You know you know act out a couple times I did you know have arguments with her um as far as what I did not do I did not pray like I felt like I should have done you know what I mean um because what was out of my control I was just getting emotionally right built Mm -hmm. into it right Right. (laughs) so I wish yeah I wish I I would have prayed more well, in the in in your defense, mm-hmm. you were still there as a friend. Like you didn't yeah, leave her because right. you had the option to yeah. be like, you know what, this I is too much for me. Right. Exactly, yeah. I do yeah. not have to go through this. But you proved yeah. yourself yeah. to be a good friend. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, because I, I mean, I did, I did call the police. I like at one point, um, there. Like remember when he was knocking on the the windows and when the I doors broke up with him. and yeah. This is the I reason why like, I didn't because and it's crazy how it happened. I just I mean and I don't mean to like forward the the conversation but um 
like when I finally did decide to be done, mm-hmm. you know, I literally came home. I was like, yo, I'm done. We packed up his stuff and set it outside. And I sat in her room and I just sat there. <laughs> wow. And he's yes. banging on the door. I said, I mean, I'm so sorry. Uh, what I do? And I, I was understand. telling her no. Yeah. Right. And she's no. the only thing that kept me from opening the door. Right. So if she wasn't there, you would have let him back the, in. Right. Yeah. Wow. It would, we would have still been in the same situation. So, um, yeah. And I was going to say like, on the receiving end a lot of times the arguing and the like when people come to you i I, like i believe that you have to love people through stuff Mm -hmm. you know you have you have to show that Mm -hmm. love because even if she had or even in situations where she did come to me and you i understand you know that defense automatically goes up and so Mm -hmm. it's like well you don't understand you know well i'm just going back you know like i would rather just not deal with that let me just go back and talk about you to the dude you know what i'm saying instead of actually taking into account what you're saying and I mean, I guess you do think about it after the fact, you know, because at the point when I did decide to be done, you know, of course, I'm thinking about all the stuff Ashley said, mm-hmm. all the stuff my mom said, right. you know, everything. But um, because of the fact that the guy a lot of times tries his best to, best to seclude you, just trying your best to hold on, like not, not letting go of that person, right. I think is the best thing to do. Just love them through it. Don't don't let them fly off and just go off into the oblivion right you know just stay there with them um you know and just believe and pray that they'll come you know come out of it that's That's a true testament of love right yeah from your friend yeah love endures it's long suffering yeah yeah man that's when they say you find out who your real friends Friends are yeah when you're at your lowest point yeah Yeah. who's there yeah yeah definitely Mm -hmm. well laria you have a kind of a different perspective well, my perspective is from the perspective of, the, of a daughter um, that witnessed, grow up witnessing her mother being abused physically, mentally, emotionally, everything by her father. My parents were married. Um, and a big reason why I got this, I grew up in Philadelphia. So a big reason why I made my way down here <laughs> was because of that. I just really was like, and also Philadelphia, it's... It's gangsta up there. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I don't want this for my life. (laughs) So um, moved down here because the the atmosphere in the home was just so violent. How old were you when you moved down here? Um, I was 15. I was a sophomore in high school. And now that I'm thinking about it, um, I'm just like you. I'm recalling certain scenarios right. Right. back in my mind. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, no, I actually was, I would tell people, like, I was abused. And, and, and because in, in the black community, we don't really see it that way because, mm-hmm. you know, beating is not an issue with children. But, you know, you don't even think about how some of the beatings go too far. Um, But I witnessed my mother just be broken down um, as a woman. And I knew where she came from. I knew um, the family line that she came from. And I'm like, this doesn't line up. And it began to show me, you know, that first time I remember when my father, he just it was like straight out of a movie that it was like the you know pimp slap it was like Shabbat. and and it was like the room stopped mm. and i remember looking like did that just happen and her lip was bleeding and i was i, I was in shock and i was probably like in elementary school when that happened but i remember those things and i just remember seeing her cry and i remember seeing him not apologize and I didn't understand it. And so 
The whole thing with witnessing, especially as a child, we're imagery oriented and your parents are like God to you until you discover who God is is for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so you're looking and it becomes normal. This is something that becomes normal. So even the way that I was disciplined, you know, I would tell people and they would be like, no, that's that's not, that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and you know, and, and to my father's account, you know, this was BC. This was before Christ, mm-hmm. um, and he, you know, went home to be with the Lord last year. But and he was a totally reformed man. But at that time, I just didn't understand how can someone mm-hmm. say that they love yeah. somebody? How can you say that and you do this? over and over and over again and then I'm looking at my mom and I'm like how can you stay how how I'm trying to rationalize even as a child how does this happen and because I'm a thinker free thinkers ready (laughs) (laughs) you know I'm, I'm, I'm trying to rationalize how does this happen and so I began to develop images of my mom as weak Um, I started to see her as weak and I started to see my dad as you're who I'm never going to date. I'm never going to date you. You kind of pushing away from both of them. Right. And I loved my mother because, you know, she was the one that I knew made sure that we were okay, um, and we had a relationship. But because of the violence in the home. There were certain things I didn't get from my mother because she was in survival mode all All the the time. time. Wow. All the time. So that mothering, that nurturing, I didn't get a lot of that. That teaching me, you know, basic stuff. I didn't get it because she was just focused on taking care of her babies. Yeah. Survival mode. Yeah. You don't really think about that and Mm -hmm. what goes lacking. Um... Mm-hmm. Now you were saying, um, wow, you were like, um, you would tell people that you were abused. When, are you talking about like when you were getting disciplined? He went too far, what, right? What like some of the, I mean, I thank God I can actually laugh about it now. But back then, it was so traumatic. Like when we would um, get beatings for I don't even know I didn't think I was a bad child but you know whenever we were disciplined it was mainly I've only gotten one beaten by my mom it was just a bad day my mom wasn't a beater but my dad he would I remember this one particular time he had it was a baseball bat but the baseball bat was kind of like chipped in half and so it had a flat side and he would um this is kind of graphic but he would make us stand or like our arms out straight up we had to hold it like that and he would hit us with it and we had to take it if you dropped your arms it was you're gonna get it worse now again this is what happened in my house so it wasn't something that I felt like I need to tell somebody I need Mm -hmm. to report this it was just well this is how my daddy disciplines us this this is it and um, it just became normal until um, I got into high school and, you know, I would see more of an interaction of my best friend at that time. And we're still best friends to this day up in Philadelphia. And I would see her interaction with her father mm-hmm. and I would be like, 
that's drastically different. Like this is her print, his princess, mm-hmm. you know, whatever she wants. And oh, I love my daddy. And I was like, I don't feel that way about my dad. I love him, mm-hmm. but I don't, you know, I hate him. Mm-hmm. And um, I started to see contrast in mm-hmm. comparison. And it wasn't until then where I was like, this is crazy. And then we finally had this, you know, go out. And we got into a physical altercation. This is me in the my sophomore year in high, I mean, freshman year in high school. And I remembered I would try to avoid him. You know, I wouldn't knew, know when he came into the house and you could feel the anger, you know, mm-hmm. just the spirit of anger coming into the house. So I'm like, let me make my way to my room, you know, like not today, God. And um, he would provoke. He would provoke things like when you would try to avoid it, he would provoke it and um provoked and he then it would turn into physical pushing and he had a knock drown go out but I was like my father actually is fighting me like a man wow and I said this is it I can't do it anymore I can't do it anymore this is it and I made this master plan. I was thinking of a master plan. You know, I was like, I got to get out of here. And I was a child from the north that spent the summers with their grandparents mm-hmm. in the south. Mm-hmm. So I said, this is my escape. It's it's summertime. I'm going to pack all I can. And I don't care I'm if I have back. to chain myself to my mm-hmm. grandparents' house. I'm not coming back. And when they came back to get me. Because they, they said no, and they came back to get me. And Who said no? You're... My parents. Mm-hmm. I wanted to stay. Right. And my grandparents would only let me stay if they said yes. Mm-hmm. And so, as a result, there was another altercation where he was choking me. And I said, I'm done. And I let him choke me. I wanted to die. And my grandfather came in, and that was it for them. They took Ooh. me. Uh, that's, <laughs> wow. That kind of just took my breath away. Like, I can't even imagine being that. Um, but to you who are faithful, by mm. K.A. Panita, and this is an artist's submission. In the beginning, you were there, carving out a world for me, demonstrating. Your great love With your words life came to be Placing the stars in the sky Calling day then night Bringing heaven here on earth Setting the sun and the moon Knowing one day soon We'd live with you forever
reconciling us back to you Knowing the battle would be won As he gave his life on a cross to die Yeah, we're back um, listen, if you yeah. ain't Facebook Live, yeah, right. you, you are missing, missing some nuggets yeah, in between out. these right. segments. Yeah. Oh my True. goodness. Truly. I almost I almost forgot what the song was coming out of the last segment because like you just never know what yeah. people have been Gone through, through or yeah. are going through. Yeah. That's why it's best to treat everyone kind. Mm-hmm. Even when you having a bad day, like you gotta right. think about somebody's going through something worse than you or right. And they might not be thinking right at that right. moment, you know. Um, you 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 kind of left off with you said your dad was actually choking you. Was he choking you in front of your grandparents? Well, what it was is you know we had they had a ranch style house, so it was a long house, and mm-hmm. my room was all the way on one side of the house, and the den was on the other. Everyone was in the den, but I went to my room because I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to be around them, and so he was a provoker. And so he came back to the room and he began to verbally provoke me and I'm still trying to avoid. And then when the verbal was not getting to me, then the physical began. And then um, we were kind of like wrestling. And then he finally, because he's a man, he's going to be able to overpower me. And so he got me onto the bed, my bed, and he began to choke me. And at first I was, you know, naturally trying to get a person off of you. But then I just had this thought. And I said, just stop. Just just stop. Let him do it. It, This might be your way out. And so... I just, I just, I remember I stopped struggling, and by that time they heard the tussling in the house, so they started making everyone in the house started making their way into the bedroom. And my grandfather, he had a cane, was <laughs> get him, <laughs> he was beating him on the back, yes. <laughs> and he he said in that moment, "Okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. She's not going anywhere. She's staying." And I think it took that for them. Because I was trying to explain to them, I think that they thought that I was just being a bratty like child, teenager, and just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I just want to be my grandparents because yeah. I can do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Mm-mm. no, like, listen, this is what your daughter is dealing with, and we're dealing with it too. But the thing was, my brother didn't deal with it. Me, my my sister was already gone because she's older than me. But the abuse came to all the women in the family. So me, my sister, my mom, and um, they they had to actually see it for them to make the decision. And they allowed me to stay. And I mean, I just really don't know what that that was the literal turning point of my life before Christ, because I don't know what would have happened after that, because it was it was that was just normal. And um, my mom, I was just crying. I said, I just want to die. He got him off of me and he walked out. And I was just saying, I just want to die. I just want to die. And she began to cry. And she was, you know, just said, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. I said, but it's true. If I have to go back there, that's, I just want to die because I don't want to deal with this anymore. And that's when she knew she had to let me go. So, um, you know, we went through that you know, separation, but we will always remain close, but she was still with him. And I'm still, you know, rationalizing, like you saw what with he me. did to yeah. your daughter. Mm-hmm. 
why are you still, you know, because there was even adultery and stuff involved repeatedly and I just didn't understand and I got to a point because me and my mom talked all the time we have a great relationship when I was in college my freshman year I was like look mom I don't want to hear any more about it I had even gotten to that point you were better than me this is my own mom and I was just like if you're still with him you know why are you talking to me about this if you're not going to do anything about it what is the point and not too long after that because um she you know stuff would still happen but she finally filed for divorce and in philadelphia well pennsylvania you have to of course be separated for a year um before they'll grant the divorce yeah same here and um he didn't show up to the court date that year and i guess he thought if i don't show up it ain't gonna happen but it happened and when he found out it happened something snapped in him and he he coerced her to get she was over her friend's house he found her and they were on the porch and he coerced her to get into the car and she got into the car and they went to this park that's close to the house in the neighborhood he pulled over and he started choking her and I was like oh my god so she I just believe it was the Holy Spirit telling her just say this to calm him down and get him off of you and whatever she said got him off of her and he drove her back to her her friend's house and he fled because they called the police of course but um you know that was the last time that there was any type of altercation and from that point on my mom never spoke to my dad again ever wow ever and that's the way that she handled Mm -hmm. she just said i'm no, the kids are grown. If you want to talk to them, you don't need mm-hmm. to go through me. Mm-hmm. She was done, and she literally was done. Never spoke to him again. So let's talk about um, how you and your father mended y'all's relationship before. Well, um, he, for those who don't know, he passed away of cancer. He had metastatic colon cancer. That went to his lungs and his liver, and he was diagnosed in 2008, had surgery, went into remission for three years, came out of remission in 2011, and so that's when it was aggressive and started to metastasize. So around that time, he was had already given his life to the Lord, and um, you know I was growing spiritually myself because I was still carrying so much anger towards him I loved him because I knew that's what I was supposed to do you know I'm trying to keep God's word to honor my father and my mother so that I can live long on the earth you know I don't have no issues and um but I wasn't really walking in that forgiveness that's required to walk out that agape love at that level and I um made a decision I said you know what the way I'm doing this is just not working and I began to stop expecting him to do certain things and just accept whatever it is that he gave me because I realized, well, he can't give me what he doesn't have to give. And so we really began to more or less look at ourselves and then come together. Um, I didn't ask for an apology. Um, I didn't need an apology because the fact of the matter is a lot of situations in life, you may not ever get it and you have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like, know, hey, you <laughs> right. 
right you know yeah and i just i just there were just there was just a lot of letting go you know because at the end of the day you know i i spoke on this i wanted i had to let go of how i wanted the reconciliations book right and so once i did that i said okay whatever it is it is whatever will be be and once i did that it was just like something spiritually unseen happened and we became so close especially walking through his last you know three years of life and i began to be his primary caregiver um wow with cancer and um he uh he was living in denver up until um denver colorado up until um 2014 and because he sought second opinions, he got into the um, Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Atlanta, Georgia. He used my address. And so he stayed with me. And so I started looking. I'm like, God, you are so awesome because this ugly thing is all things work together for the good of those who love God and are the called according to his purpose and I was starting to see I'm like even though this was horrible God this was your will this was all part of your purpose and so it began to become an honor to take care of my father and I would you know just to make sure he was okay and to make sure that he knew that I loved him that he knew that I forgave him and I really began because we always say I want to love like Jesus yeah. I want to be Ooh, like Jesus we'll take a lot to love like Jesus I'm not telling you and so the Lord will give you exactly he will give you an opportunity yeah, we'll like, Lord what you Exactly. And yeah. And it was just like, I was so grateful for the opportunity to grow in Christ like that that's so good that you that's had that perspective mm-hmm. man right. oh, mm-hmm. gosh, yeah. so many people would have been like bump him and you know what through that because I'm single yeah I just want to put that out there I'm single so <laughs> there you go you know <laughs> yeah. yeah but he began to even I started getting things I started to be that daddy's little girl oh, because he started princess. to like talk to me about marriage and he mm. would talk to me about my cooking. I could cook, Daddy. I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, <laughs> you know, he would talk to me about certain things. And I'm like, right, this is like what I always, always wanted. wanted. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, take me shopping and, you know, all the. And I didn't have to ask. It was just like his pleasure. And it was my pleasure to do for him. And we were together almost like from the, at the hip, you know, it seemed like for a good year and a half and um you know so that all I just believed helped me to heal and it helped him to heal because sometimes you know people when they know they've done wrong and Mm -hmm. they know they have literally torn a family apart you know that was his doing that they don't even know how to apologize they're so I don't know just so uh uh guilty and they feel the shame mm-hmm. they don't know what to say and so I gave him that space that don't don't worry about it I know I know and um it was just a beautiful thing so you know I'm just glad that I had that time because I don't live a life of what if 
or I should have, or I wish I did, and it wasn't worth it to walk in unforgiveness. Mm -mm. And I wanted him to leave here knowing that I know he did the best that he could. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, unforgiveness would have kept you from experiencing those things and the things that you want Mm -hmm. right that you Mm -hmm. and especially like the things that you not that he could help you relive your childhood and feel like the princess right but if you had not forgiven him you would not have been able to experience that right you know and how many people miss out on that because of unforgiveness Mm -hmm. right um or just you know just putting up those walls and just trying to block it out because that doesn't help Mm-mm. At all, yeah, like with any kind of abuse, of uh, right. verbal, physical, emotional, yeah. sexual, it's just like you can't block that out. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't push it down mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. that you just totally it's, numb to it. You know, because mm-hmm. something will always trigger it. Because even when you was like, you know, your nickname was Nugget, I'm like, I wonder when she talks about chicken nuggets. Does she trigger something? Right. A smell, a movie, right. like, yeah. like hold up, now. a song, yeah, right, yeah. right about the yeah. yeah, everything, yeah, stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like if you learn to forgive, then it's just beautiful for everyone around. Right. Mm-hmm. So Rethinkers Radio. Next we have uh, Knock Off Love by Bizzle featuring Jonathan McReynolds. Feel free to think freely. One is how I just use love. Wow, girl. And two is how I said it, like it's possible to love both a human and a beverage really? We downgrade love and abuse it every second cause it sounds great but now we use it as a weapon uh. Like homie that got you up for something stupid Cause he hit you with that baby If you let me you would do it Please. Now we got you bugging so you jumping up to prove it Cause you thought he was an angel but he's just another cupid Fly so you catching it the moment that he shoot it But he lies so you blame love for what he was doing You can't blame love for the motive of a human God's love and it's only one Jehovah with the blueprint Busy. I look around and all I see is Lack of They love people and love paper, paper. But over paper they put people on front pages Black. The paper load of people start to mean less And that love changes when a number written on the front raises uh, They yelling money over hoes huh? But we don't put money over nothing with a pro nah. God over money isn't just another quote If you love him you should love what he love the most People and real love doesn't <laughs> Hey y'all I'm back I just asked um, <laughs> I had just asked Shannon Had she Spoken with her ex Since they broke up So what What is y'all Do y'all have like a Kim? friendship Or what just- No um, It was actually a whole Another chapter After we broke up oh, yeah. Um <laughs> okay, Ashley. Yeah, it was a whole other chapter. Um, I mean, we we remained friends, and he would actually tell me about people he was dating at that time, and he would tell me about situations that progressed. Like, and wow. I would see the same cycle at least two to three times. Um, that he told me about situations where I got caught in the and the, the, like. Do you feel like that was a cry for help? Because he he maybe felt you like you it. yeah like you knew him and maybe he wanted to I be think so but or... the thing is when he would tell it it wouldn't and that's what I was gonna say when you say they're not in their right mind like they have their own perspective too and so he would tell me um, 
for instance, there was a situation where I think he got into an altercation in a park. And apparently he slapped a girl or something like that. And he said, oh, I can't believe that they lock you up for just for such and such. And so it's like... He's not thinking it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, but he did the same thing with me. Because with my situation, he's like, oh, well, she just fell into such and such. It's like... She just fell into... Right, I just fell into it. Yeah, so... Like, he would tell me about situations. And then even it it got down to one of my best friends. He actually wound up in a relationship with one of my best friends. Wow. Yeah, and um, that turned into a whole big altercation because I almost was like you like you know what well, happened I've been to me through, why, right, you, why yeah. would you even do you that think it's right. something different right and so me and her had a big fallout and things like that he had a big fallout with me I never loved you and don't get in the way of true love blah 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 Gosh. all this other stuff but even in listening to her talk and I had to get to a point where I could forgive her because I saw that she was in the same place exact same place that, that I was back yeah. then yeah but it was just hurting me or what have you but I had to get to a point where I could forgive her and you kind of felt what right exactly exactly had right to love now. her through it even though you know but I had to love her through it mm-hmm. and um I mean all in all you know it, it wound up pretty much the same. he did the same thing he always does and she wound up coming to me and asking me you know mm-hmm. how to handle it and things like that and should I get a restraining order just things like that so um did you say things to her that you felt like you should have said to yourself I did. I I pled. I pleaded with her not to not to do it because I knew what was going to happen. Because I knew what happened to me. I knew what happened to the three girls after me, and I knew that he wasn't out of that out of that cycle that yet. Cycle. But I was going to say when she would talk to me, I could hear things that he would say in her speech. Wow. Like he was just as much in her right, head right. and in her mind as he was in mine. So you know, I say this, and you say that. something back, and I'm like, that's not even you talking. Like that's not wow. even you know. So um. We had that we had that situation, um, and he and I are on uh, speaking terms. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see him every once in a while. Um, I wouldn't say we're as, friends. as much friends, right? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, the 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 good thing or the benefit to my situation as opposed to yours is that. I, it wasn't my father somebody I had a connection with we didn't have any kids together right. so I don't have to right. you know I you know, I got to a point where I forgave him for what happened except what off. happened and kept moving but right. thankfully he wasn't something I had to continuously right. see and things like yeah. that but um but yeah I mean I don't know it worked out <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Wow, this is a, this stuff be yeah. intense to me. Well, that's the one she was talking about the whole healing thing, and you know, we always hear the saying, "Hurt people, hurt people." Yeah. And I think with relationships, you know, that person who is the abuser is hurt as yeah. well, oh, and, yeah, and they yeah. don't recognize that yeah. in the moment. And, right. and like you're saying, it's a cultural thing. It's something that we're you know we're used to in our in the African American community because. You know, especially for for black women, it's like I got this man. I gotta hold on to him. You mm-hmm. know, regardless, yeah, you, I can't let him you, go. You you ain't got I'll to be, hold on right. to him. You, you do not. You don't. You do not. No. You don't need to hold on to garbage. That's right. the thing. You know. Oh, now you know right. and stuff. Yeah. And it be getting heavy. And then you start stinking. <laughs> exactly. See what I'm saying? That. <laughs> but that was love. That would have been love gotta, laugh. But you gotta, you, know, you gotta let that stuff go so that goodness can come to you. You yeah. do not have to hold on to a man who is treating you that way. That's no. correct. Seriously. Seriously. That is correct. So where do we get where do mm. we go for solutions? Like what is there a solution to this? Or I mean, what do you think can be done? Like 
Remember the people that love you. Right. And listen to the people that love you. Because this dude is new. He just got here. So there's other people in your life that know you, have known you for a long time. Right. That can see how you were versus how you are now. Change. Yeah. And you should listen to them when they come to you and tell you certain things. So um, I think that's the biggest thing. Just grabbing hold to the people that you know love you. You know, grabbing hold to them. And and also looking for outlets that will allow you to see yourself. I mean, because that's, that's pretty much... The, I guess the journey that I went on that I began to do a lot of introspection because like I alluded to I started to see my dad before Christ um, as the person that I didn't want to date but of course I was dating my father mm-hmm. every guy I dated was my father mm-hmm. and um, I got to that point of, okay now the common denominator is no, I'm 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 dating different bodies, but it's the same person. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, something's. I'm I'm a believer in attracting. You attract, you know, spiritually. You're attracting who you are. And I began areas in myself where I was struggling with worthiness. Mm-hmm. And and um, body has followed me to any length on social media. <clears throat> I have a hashtag called unlearning worthiness that was something God gave me that I went through the process of Mm. what I thought to be normal and and as a result I was accepting all so when I began unlearn Mm. what does worth worthy look like like how does that look like in your career Mm. what does that look like relationship like overall in your life and I began design my life like this is what I want and not being afraid to say this is what I want I'm not gonna compromise this is what I deserve right and um, the process is a process and I am actually right that's That's very therapeutic looking forward to that (laughs) shameless plug (laughs) (laughs) learning unworthiness coming soon there you go Janet you are saying that you are a part of something called ambassador. Um, you're an ambassador yes. for sexual trauma services yes. um, in the Midlands. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about So uh, a lot of uh, sexual assault, it starts with domestic violence in the home. Um, that's how a lot of, you know, incidents happen with women who are sexually assaulted or, or children who are sexually assaulted. It starts as domestic violence. Now, when people hear des- domestic violence, they mm-hmm. think just physical. What no, other aspects? It's, it's verbal. It's mental. You know, I, I actually was just sharing with my friends not too long ago that a relationship I was in was a verbally abusive relationship and I think some people don't know about that until after the fact or you look back and you see oh well you know the calling and the names it seems so minor so small but it takes it takes a toll on you you know mentally you know when we say words really hurt you know because that stuff seeps into your your body you always remember it yeah you're thinking about that then you start thinking like you said the unworthiness you're like well, am I that? You know, and you don't you don't see yourself as is what, what how God sees you. Right. You see yourself how this person sees you. And so you're just holding on to this and, and not thinking anything of it and allowing yourself to be abused verbally. So with the sexual trauma services of the Midlands, that 
they help women who have been sexually assaulted, but a lot of those cases does come in as that domestic violence. So there are a lot of outlets out there. And, you know, as Ashley, as, as being a friend, if you're a friend and you see another friend going through this, sometimes telling somebody, hey, there's a hotline, call this hotline. They're never going to call that hotline. Right. Be with your friend, sit down with your friend, call that hotline, go to those resources. There's sister care here in Columbia. There's Skidvasa here. There are a lot of resources here. But sometimes women... They don't, they don't have the strength enough. You know, if they're already broken, they're not going to have the strength to just open up and talk to someone. So if there's a friend out there listening, help your friend, be there with your friend and take them. What kind of advice would you say? Like, how would they do that? Mm-hmm. Like, like if I'm sitting with you and right. you've been in an abusive relationship, right. how do I do I be like, hey, I'm about to um, call these <laughs> people? <laughs> no, I think it may be as simple as I want to take you somewhere. You know, I want to take you somewhere. Let's just have a a girl's day. You know, I I don't think you really see how this is affecting you or impacting you. She doesn't have to know where you're taking her, you know, Mm -hmm. and it it could be a little overwhelming. But I feel like if that's your friend in there and they're trusting you enough, at the end of the day, they're going to know that you really love them and have their best interest at heart. Wow. I mean, in defense, um, (laughs) um, like, I mean, there's been times where Shannon has has been offended, you know, Mm. and has pushed me away Mm. because Mm. I've tried to help. Um, So, you know, like, how do you help in that instance? I mean, I've had an instance where I've pushed her away, you know what I mean? And totally blocked her out. You know what I mean? So, like, how, how do you resolve that I guess in, in, in those instances put yourself in that person's shoes even though if you've never been in just imagine if it were happening to you what would you want someone to do for you you know what I mean because mm-hmm. I know some of my friends it, it, you know we can be really mean to each other especially yeah. if, we're, if we're close yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean but sometimes you have to just be, you know let people know listen I am trying to save your life Right. You know, when you put it in that perspective, like I'm not trying to be in your business. I'm not trying to, you know, call you out, but I'm trying to save your life. Well, if they're constantly running, you just, like you said, love them through love it. Them like, through right. it. Just, yeah. Because you say yeah. you plant little seeds. You say this is this is come on now. Like, right. <laughs> but I'm a, you know, I'm with you as long right. as you as long as you right. and because it's going to happen again. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like it'll happen. Mm. And it's like, oh, well, it's OK. You know, we talked about it and it's cool. It's all good. It's going to happen again. So you love them through that love little through period. It. When it happens again, it's like, you know, we talked about this, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it's a combination of both, yeah. you know. And um, like it really, I think it's a combination of both because you 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 left to love them through it. But then, like you said, with your mom, it's like at a certain point, like my mom, my mom was like, I can't, can't do it like anymore. I can't. And you, you, you see that, like you notice that it's like, dang, oh, mom, you know, mm-hmm. and then you start mm-hmm. having these altercations with dude. It's like, yeah. OK. Like something's not right. And I think that kind of shocked my mom. Yeah. When when I said that, when I was like, "Fizzy enough," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And I think she thought, mm-hmm. "I don't want this for my daughter." Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, really is enough. The fact that my daughter's not even here mm-hmm. because of this. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. <sighs> well, I thank y'all. I appreciate y'all um, for being on Free Thinkers Radio. We have gone above and beyond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I appreciate y'all, and um, thank you for the info. Um, how can people get in touch with you? So with me, you can follow me um, on social media, Janet Parker, um, Instagram, Twitter, Janet Parker 86 and watch.com uh, if you need you know, reach out for story ideas or anything like that. 
and that information is available on our website. Okay, and as far as the sexual trauma services, how could they... So that's STSM. Um, if you look that up online, it has all the information in terms of resources, hotlines, um, you know, learning what is consent, what isn't consent, mm-hmm. and, and signs. Like we've talked about signs to look for as well. Maria, how can people get in touch with you? Well, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Laria Sample. You can also find me at LariaSample.com and get on my mailing list so you can be privy to all the juiciness of what I got going on. Faith Builder. <laughs> Faith Builders Unite. Miss Blue Eyes. Yes, I am on uh, Facebook, also uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, M-I-Z-Z Blue Eyes Soul. B-L-U-E-Y-E-Z-S-O-L. Um, my personal page is Shannon, a.k.a. Blue Eyes. Okay. Ashley. I'm on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really we appreciate you coming to support your friend and giving you perspective we appreciate everybody's story Um, thank you so much and come back anytime and feel free to thank yes will you come and dine with the king will you give your life to Christ With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chantilly Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com.